Father, we're just so thankful that uh, you gave us another opportunity to try and get it right. And as our sister was praying, you're all in us. I believe, we believe you're all in us. And, but she clarified to say that sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes we do stumble. But you are God that loves us through the spots, wrinkles, warts, and everything else, Father. And, and we just want to give you honor. And again, I was elated when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I just pray, Father, that the worship has already been a sweet aroma to you. I pray that we will continue in that same vein in the word, Father. And I know that you're guiding through your Holy Spirit. So I know it's going to be done decently and in order. Have your way in this place, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, last Sunday, uh, we started out in uh, Philippians 4, and we did... Uh, we actually started at verse 4, and then we went to 13. So I'm just going to go back and recap some things and then try and finish up that particular chapter. Uh, I titled this, based on what the Lord put on my heart, The Virtues of a True Christian. And I could have very easily said the virtues of a Christian. But as I said before, that word has been overused in a sense that it doesn't have the same meaning anymore. So just by adding the word true, that means a righteousness, a virtuous, uh, uh, someone who is really dedicated to the cause. It's not just for when we're in this building and we're different when we're with our friends. A Christian, a true Christian is a Christian is a Christian. Regardless of where they are, who they're with, or what they're doing, they're honoring the Lord in everything. So I pray that would be our hearts. If it isn't, I just pray that the Lord would change hearts tonight so that we can have a better understanding of he is all for all in us. And that's where we want to be. So let's open up to Philippians chapter 4. And uh, I'll just go back and just touch on a couple verses between 4 and 13, and then we'll continue from there. So uh, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And the reason that it was put on my heart, because from verses 1 to 3, Paul was speaking to particular individuals. But tonight, my heart is that you would know that the Lord is speaking to you. Well, what Paul was talking to them, but now it's not them. It's you that the Lord is speaking to. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And in the Lord defines a heart that only exists in a true believer. A person who has true virtues, a person who is truly devoted to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in every way. That's a true Christian. And when we develop that, when he develops that in us through the Holy Spirit, then these other characteristics will come through. Uh, verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And that gentleness, it, is, it refers to contentment with and generosity towards others. And this is a challenge for us today um, because we are being put in a position where someone else is dictating who we accept. The, the world is dictating people that we have to accept because the rest of the world is doing it. And we Christians are narrow-minded, short-sighted whatever, because we don't accept everything. We are not called to coexist. Now, there may, may be a contradiction if you don't really understand the word of God, because there are some people who choose to live a lifestyle that is out of the will of God, yet they want to be accepted by us. And you, me, as a Christian, we have to make a decision. Are you going to accept something that, that God calls an abomination? Are you going to take a stand for what you know is right? That's, that's going to be the challenge for us, and especially for the ones who've been around a few more years, uh, fathers and grandfathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, grandmothers and grandmothers are going to be subjected to this. It's coming. Actually, it's here. It's here already. And you guys, you get out, you see things, and, and you notice things that are, that are changing rapidly. And this is what the Lord warned us about. You know, these are some of the things that 
if you want to truly believe the word, you may look at them as birth pains. They're going to come quickly, and they're going to come a lot closer together. And those are the things that we need to be prepared for. And in my heart, I'm not sure that we are. I, 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 don't, I don't see the church body or the, the body of Christ being in opposition to these things. We become passive. We become the, the, uh, lukewarm. We become comfortable. And there's a real danger in that. And the, the real, truly danger is we don't know what's next. We've already proven that we can be controlled through fear. We've already proven that. There's no question about that. And the powers that be take notice. I know, I've, I've seen for over a year now that I can control them through fear. And some people are still being controlled now, even beyond this. There are people who riding along their automobiles with masks on. There are people sitting in their houses all by themselves with masks on. At some point, you have to say, okay, I'm going to trust. You've got to trust the Lord. You can't trust man. The Bible tells us that over and over and over again, so it's making a point. We have to take, I won't say take control of our lives. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Is this the right thing to do? And as I said to the body on Sunday, the, the problem that I have with this type of message is some may define it as legalistic. Far from it, folks. This is not legalistic. This is reality. And these are the things that the Lord put on our hearts to say to the body. And our heart waxes over if we don't, if we're not obedient to his word, his will, and his way. Our hearts will wax over and we will just become a tinkling bell. We come here and we just give a message and, okay, well, I, I tickle those itching ears so they're good. That's not what we're here for. We're here to say it is time to wake up. We've been sleeping. We are sleeping. And, again, I, I'm making a general statement here. I know there are people out showing their opposition to what's going on around us, this, this changing world. So it doesn't, it's not all inclusive, but there's not as many of us supporting what we do as those who are caving in. So they're basically saying you blend in or you blend out. And too many of us are blending out. We've become invisible. But brother, I pray. I pray all the time. That's well and good. Jesus could have gone to the temple and prayed about the, the money changers, but he didn't. He chose to do something about it. He chose to take action. Jesus could have very easily prayed, Father, your will be done in this, but he knew that there's a time when hand-to-hand -hand combat is well and good, but there's a time when you got to put feet to that faith Got to take action. We do. So with this, Paul says uh, in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving for your requests be made known to God. We need to pray. We need to continue to pray. We need to pray more. You guys heard me say it. Prayer cannot be overdone. Well, I prayed plenty, and there's really nothing to pray about. Nonsense, my friends. There's always something to pray about. And what we need to do is get away from praying about stuff and things. Pray for the Lord's will in not just our lives, but the people around us. There are people among us that are hurting. They're hungry for, for encouragement. And there aren't that many Barnabases in the, in the midst right now. We need more Barnabases. We need more prayer warriors. We need more time in the prayer. We need more time in the word. So that's, that's my heart, and that's I, hopefully what uh, the Lord is going to bring through for those who have ears to hear. 
delighting, we need to delight in the Lord and meditate on his word. And this is the best and only solution to what we're facing today. There is no other solution. The, the, the powers that be are not going to fix the issues that we have. They want to remain in power. So they're going to try and satisfy the masses. And if all the Christians took a stand, then we would be the masses. But we're not. So it's that, you guys have heard me use the term many times, the tail is wagging the dog. It really is. So we think that this group that's, that's flying multicolored flags and all kind of insignias on their flags are a large group. They're not. They're the tail because they're active. They're ag aggressive. They're bold. They're just the things that the Lord called us to be. Boldness. He called us to boldness. He calls us to action. He called us to not just be doers, the hearers of the word, but doers also. He's called us to that. That's where we need to be. That's where our hearts need to be. Well, what do I do? What do I do? We need to get involved. Well, brother, I, I'm, I'm not about the politics. Okay, you're not about the politics until it affects you directly. Well, they do, I, I, leave, I live and let live. That's okay until they start to affect the ones that you love. Well, you as a Christian, uh, we can allow you in our school to talk about this Jesus. You can talk about God if you want. Well, what's the difference? Huge difference. God to the world is all-inclusive. If you mention Jesus, now you just isolated yourself. It takes on a whole different meaning. So when you're sharing, get them to talk about Jesus. And if they, some of them may not even know what that really means. What's the difference? God can be a tree. God can be a rock. God can be stars. Jesus, that narrows it down considerably. Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. We have to live it. We have to live it. We come here, we get encouraged, Lord willing, through the word. Now we need to take action. We need to get involved in the groups that affect the decisions that are made that determine how we live, where we live, who we live with. And don't wait until it's across the street or next door. Well, I should have done something a long time ago. The Lord is calling us to that. And this is, this is not a surprise to anyone who reads the word of God. He told us, there's actually nothing's a surprise. It's all right here, my friends, all right here in the word of God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And we can, we can only attain this peace when the prince of peace is in our lives or in our hearts. We can't, we can't create a peaceful environment. We cannot. Well, I think if I just get along with everyone, then I think we'll be peaceful. And, and sometimes we sacrifice. Well, why are you giving in? Well, I'm just doing it to keep the peace. So I beg to ask you the question, whose peace are you keeping? Are you at peace with where we are today? You're quiet. You're passive and that's exactly what the world is using against us well we've been asked to just obey that still quiet voice but I think for whatever it's worth that they're counting on that they're counting on the church just maintaining the peace we're just going to stay in our room and pray we're going to go to our church and we're going to pray that the Lord take. And, and we understand, I understand, that the Lord says he'll fight our battles. But there's a time when he's going to ask us to stand. Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able? And he's going to call for that, what I call raw material, 
ready, able, and willing. He needs that raw material to build a true Christian. He needs that raw material to call out to be a true soldier. He needs that raw material to build a warrior. Not go out and bash heads. It's not about it. It's just that taking a stand, making your presence known. And it is, it, I can equate it to having that light, having that candle. You know, I just want to be peaceful. I don't want any, anything, any problem with anyone, so I'm just going to put a basket over this light. It doesn't call us to be noisy. A lighthouse doesn't make any noise. It does what it's supposed to do without noise. So we can be that light. We don't have to go out, megaphones, carrying picket signs. Make our presence known. That's all we need to do. And continue to pray before, during, and after. Continue to pray. Pray, pray, repeat. Pray, pray, repeat. Pray without ceasing. There's a reason why those words are written in this book. Because we're never there. We're never there. Mission accomplished. I prayed. All is well. No, it isn't. It may be well in your house, but you as a true Christian, a virtuous true Christian, have an obligation to look out for our sisters and brothers. It's not an option. You are called to minister to the body. Every one of us is called to minister. Everyone. Well, brother, I'm really not qualified to do that. What God are you serving? Now, I recall he will equip you and then he will call you or he will call you then equip you. It depends. He knows your heart. He knows that we're resistant to being uncomfortable. He knows that we're not okay speaking in front of people. He knows that we're not okay praying out loud. He knows that we're not okay talking to people that we don't know. He knows that. Do you trust him? We need to trust him in everything. And I'm just going to give you a, a, couple, a couple of the virtues. And I'm going to be quoting some scripture, uh, reference scripture rather. You don't have to go there. But uh, and I'll try to slow it down. So if anybody's writing this, uh, the first one is a true Christian has a biblical view of the world. First Corinthians two sixteen says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord, that He may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We think like Him. We act like Him. We walk like Him. We talk like Him." It's necessary. There's no question about whether this person is a person of God. There's no question about whether Jesus has imputed his Holy Spirit into you that you're willing to follow him. There's no question about it. Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was conscious, uh, envious of, of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Don't convince yourself that the wicked won't prosper because you'll become disillusioned and you'll become defeated. Well, look at this person they don't honor the Lord the way I do, yet they got all the toys. Yeah, so what? So what? How many of those toys are they going to be able to lay down at his feet? The boats, the cars, the houses. He does not consider those as crowns. So those won't be the things that... Let's... let's Build our lives on things eternal. You know, it's, it's good, you know, okay. 
if you can have those things, if the Lord has blessed you. But don't envy those who get it through other means. Let's just be conscious of what he's doing in us. So let's maintain the mind of him, of Christ, of Jesus. When I thought how to understand the, the prosperity of the wicked, it was too painful for me. I'm still uh, Psalm uh, 73. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. We see the wicked as prospering, but the Lord knows their end. We just maintain a dedication, our dedication to him, Jesus and Jesus alone. Don't concern yourself with who's got more stuff than you. First Peter 4. I therefore, since Christ uh, suffered for us in the flesh, and yourselves alone with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. We share in his suffering and his blessing. That's what he's going to call us to. So it's not where he's going to allow us to suffer without blessings. If you are in Jesus, he's going to allow you to see the blessings. He's going to allow you to see with new eyes what's happening around us. He's going to allow you to see things that are going to call you to be discouraged. He knows that. He knows your heart. He knows what caused you to fall and what caused you to rise. And he's going to work in your heart accordingly. Trust him. Can we trust him? Yes, we can. The real question is, will we trust him? Sometimes. If you say sometimes you trust him, that's a definite no. You don't trust sometimes. He's got you covered no matter what. Verse 14, uh, we're going to skip down to verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Paul's talking about when he was in his travels, all the churches did not support him. But he didn't allow that to discourage him from teaching and preaching, witnessing, taking care of other people. And that's what we need to be. All too often, we have a motive for everything that we do. And when God calls us to love, as a sister was singing tonight, love, 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 it's unconditional. Well, I'll do this for you, but you've got to do this for me. That's not agape. Agape is what he's calling us to as Christians, as virtuous Christians. That's what he wants us to do. <laughs> a true Christian has a heart for God, and his or her life is going to reflect that. And I'm going to give you a few more attributes of, of a true Christian. A true Christian understands the value of reading and studying the Bible. Well, I read. I read the Bible. I read it several times. But how many times have you actually studied the Bible? I read books. Do I study books? If I really want to know what it's about, I have to study it. Just reading, just panning through doesn't quite do it. Holding a book up to my head, I don't get anything through osmosis. You've got to study. You've got to put the time in. And when I say gotta, I try to stay away from that because you don't gotta. You get to read his word. You get to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. You get to understand it. You get to want to live out and have a heart like Jesus. You get that. He gives you an option. He gives us free will. I'm not going to make you love me. I'm not going to make you study my word. I'm not going to make you go to church. I'm not going to make you love your neighbor. I highly recommend that you do because there's rewards. For if you do, and on the flip side, there's consequences if you don't. I've heard that obedience is better than sacrifice. 
I read it somewhere. So I, I'm, I'm, I want to believe it. There have been times when, you know, Jesus says, hey, do this. And I said, ah, you know, well, I'll get around to it. A little delayed obedience. That's okay, right? He says, no. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Oh, wait a minute. I, don't know. I could have used that information 20 years ago. A true Christian understands the value of reading and studying the word. Romans uh, 15.8 says, For whatever things were written before were written for, for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Grab that word and pull it close to your heart. Hope. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're facing, there's always hope. There's some sitting in this room now who have been physically where they felt hopeless. There's no hope. The doctors can't figure out what's going on with me, and, and I, I'm struggling. I'm in pain constantly. You know, it's hopeless, but the Lord has put into us that there's always hope, no matter what. And it goes back to trusting. It goes back to being that true Christian. It goes back to knowing that he is with us always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do we believe that? We have to believe with all of our heart. A true Christian listens more than speaks. This is a tough one for a lot of us. James 1.19 So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Worldly saying is, our maker, our creator has given us two ears and one mouth and recommends that we use them accordingly. Listen more than you talk. You'll find that you learn a lot more when you listen. It's been proven. Proverbs twenty nine eleven, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. The world says, it's better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Sometimes we do that. We do that. I thought you were intelligent until you spoke. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A, cru a true Christian avoids arguments. 2 Timothy 2, 24-25. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able to teach, patient. Patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. What is truth? Pilate asked that question. What is truth? We have the advantage of reading God's word. We have the advantage of having the Holy Spirit as a paraclete to come alongside and teach us, to encourage us, to show us what truth is. God's word is truth. We're getting bombarded with so many things from the other side. If we don't know what the truth is, we won't be able to recognize a lie. How do you know? So you're subjected to what the talking heads tell you on social media. Do you have a discerning spirit to know when they're telling you the truth and when they don't? Not if you don't know the truth. We have to stand for the word of God. True Christian does not get involved in trivial matters. This is a tough one. What I said earlier, well, I'm a Christian. I don't get involved in politics. 
There's a danger in that. What do you consider politics? Again, ask yourself that question. 2 Timothy 2, 2, chapter 2, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The Holy Spirit will let you know what you should get involved in. The Holy Spirit, Christ has enlisted us as soldiers. Soldiers take their marching orders. For those who served, you know what I'm talking about. You go in and you've got a commander. You've got a commander-in-chief who says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take hill number 14. That's your marching orders. Jesus said, I'll let you know when it's time to go out. I'll let you know when it's time to minister to that sister and brother who doesn't know the Lord. I'll let you know when, where, how. He'll let you know. Just trust him. Don't get involved in trivial matters. Sometimes we get involved in things that we can't do anything about. Sometimes we, we want to beat uh, Aunt Mary across the head with the Bible. Yeah, We want to kick our Uncle Bob in the chest, pin him to the floor and make him read yeah. Romans 8. That's not what the Lord called us to do. He, do. he doesn't need thugs. Peter came pretty close, but, you know, he's, he got straightened out. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want those, those, those physical tactics. So be careful what we allow ourselves to get involved in. A true Christian can be taught and corrected. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9 says, do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. There's a difference. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Don't throw your pearls to swine. You'll know. You'll know how they receive it. Yeah, yeah, I tried that Jesus thing, but it doesn't work for me. Most of us have heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, that, that's okay for you, but I, I don't need that. I'm, I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I, I can do all this myself. No such thing as that, friends. In order to be self-made, you've got to maintain your health. You've got to maintain your motivation. You've got to maintain a trust in something, someone, who better to trust in Jesus? So when we hear about the self-made woman, the self-made man, no such thing as that. Because very easily, if you had been sick or down for the count, you wouldn't have been able to carry out your mission. So how does that self-made man heal himself? How does that self-made woman get back up on our feet without Jesus. A true Christian, uh, hmm, wow, Proverbs, eight, uh, Proverbs 10, 8, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fail. Fail. What's a fool? What is a fool? I don't know what the dictionary says, but uh, the word of God says, a fool is one who says, no, God, I will have no part of that. I will not have you to rule over me. No, God. No, God. That's a fool. Ecclesiastes 10.4, if the spirit of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your posts, for, for conciliation pacifies great offenses. Don't leave your post. Don't let anyone deter you from being where you are. Uh, we, can use, we can reference Nehemiah. So we had opposition, Sam Ballot. 
What are you building this wall for? Just stop. It's not worth it. It's not going to benefit you at all. But Nehemiah wasn't concerned about what's going to benefit him. He was working for the Lord. He will not leave his post. Your post moves. If you're in Wegmans, you have an opportunity to minister, and the Lord says, do it, do it. Don't be afraid, because if you're afraid, if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, that's equivalent to leaving your post. I gave you an opportunity to witness to this person, and you passed. What does it say about that? If you're ashamed of me before men, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father. We don't want that. We don't want that. The, the last thing, one of the things that we don't want to hear, her I know, him I know, but who are you? Where do you go from there? Uh, well, don't you remember I did all these wonderful things? Uh, you remember that day? I don't know you. I don't know you. So know and be known. So important. A true Christian is not easily offended. 1 Corinthians 13.5 Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask of a person who's wrapped in flesh. Thinks no evil? Seriously? Do not behave rudely? Does not seek its own? Is not provoked? That's a high calling. But the word of God says that all things are possible. All. No exceptions. No matter what we're going through. He's got it. He's got it. James 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, for every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. I just want to repeat that one because it is so important. So important. Proverbs 19.11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. And his glory to overlook a transgression. Challenging. Because that ties into forgiving and forgetting. Can we forgive and forget? If we choose to, again, it's possible. But normally we don't choose to. This person wronged me, so I'm going to carry it for the rest of my life. So who loses? Does anybody win when you carry a grudge for years? Does anybody really win? Think about it. Think about it. And, and I think uh, with the upcoming holiday, I think we're going to see that. We're going to see uh, families, acquaintances, friends who don't participate in family events. Because back in 1984, I asked her to give me a ride home, and she said no. So that's it. I'll never speak to her again. Really? When was the last time you talked to her mother? I asked her to lend me $10, and she said no. We're done. I haven't talked to her in five years. Please, stop. Come on, folks. You're missing out. This is not the heart of God. True Christians, a true Christian submits to and respects authority. Romans 13. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That's a tall one to buy. Really, really difficult. Are you telling me that this person that's in authority making these rules that God put them there? Yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like that's the right person for the job. Take it up with God. 
He knows what he's doing at all times. And I've been around for a long time, and, and I don't recall to this date God making a mistake. Not yet. I mean, granted, I, I could go somewhere and things didn't work out to my favor. And I say, God, you forgot. No, I know better. This is a, one of the, the virtues that he's given me, trust in him with everything. For he is God's minister to your, you for good. How can that be? How can that be? How can you say that this person that's making these rules is for my good? The Lord knows. We have the advantage of looking through the keyhole. God's got the door wide open, so he sees everything. He sees the beginning from the end. Let's trust him. Let's know that his word is true. But if we do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. Be bold. Be bold. Speak up. Luke 7, 6, 8. Then Jesus went with them, and we had already, not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. <clears throat> and to my servant, do this, and he does it. One of the major challenges is being obeying authority because we do, we obey or disobey based on our emotions. And this is where, not where the Holy Spirit would have us. I don't like this person, so I'm not going to obey. It's not a matter whether you like them or not. Trust in the fact that God appointed them to that position, regardless of what we receive or don't receive. He knows what's, what the outcome is. He knows that that person is either going to be subjected to crowns, or he's going to seek repentance and give an opportunity to accept or reject. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our pastors. Pray for our teachers. Pray for our officers, police officers. Pray for them, friends. Pray for them. They need it. They need it. Regardless of how we feel about it, pray for them. A true Christian understands the importance of having a good name. Proverbs 22.1 A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. <laughs> Loving favor rather than silver and gold. What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Ecclesiastes says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Be like the, the disciples, silver and gold, have I none? But what I do have, I'm willing to share with you. That's the heart of God. That's where we want to be, you and I. A true Christian is careful about the company that he or she keeps. Oops, okay, you're treading in dangerous ground here, my friend. Well, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived. Here it is. Evil company corrupts good habits. So you're telling me that I shouldn't be hanging around Uncle John when he's, uh, 
the Lord call you to hang around Uncle John when he's having a couple of martinis? It might not be in your best interest. Sometimes you have to do a little Joseph and hit the bricks. You know, sometimes he calls us to that. Here's the problem with deception. Deception is an issue because you don't know when you're being deceived. How do you know? Deception is only recognized in hindsight. Boy, I wish I had known then what I know now. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. Because he will teach you. He will warn you. He will protect you from these things. But when we're going in based on our flesh, our emotions, we're subjected to anything and everything. That's not what the Lord is calling us. Trust him. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Well, these are my buddies from high school. You know, we're just hanging out. You know, uh, you know, I'm just ministering to them. You know, nothing big. You know, I know that they're not upright. I know they're not spiritually led. But I'm not going to let that influence me. That's deception, my friends. Whether you believe it or not, they are going to have more influence on what you do and say than you're going to have on them. I don't care how grounded you are. I don't care how attached to the rock you are. You're wrapped in flesh, and those things are going to come back. Wow, you know, these guys are really having a good time. You know, I want to get in on that. Uh, remember why you backed away from those good times? There was a reason why you changed your lifestyle, or you allowed the Holy Spirit to change your lifestyle. So now you're going back into the muck and the mire, now, Mr. Dog, you're going to throw up and then eat your vomit? You? No, no. Make no provision for the flesh. None. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing bad. I mean, I know I'm forgiven, so I'm just going to go ahead on and follow through. No, no, no. Make no provision for the flesh. Well, I'm just going to take an inch. I don't need the whole mile. No. Make no provision for the flesh. Uh, last one. Proverbs 18.24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I pray that everybody sitting here and everybody there knows what that means. And you have had that true experience. When, when God puts you with someone and he allows those kindred spirits to intertwine, there's nothing better than that. Why, why do I love this guy? Why do I love this guy so much? The guy's a rockhead. I don't understand, you know. It's that kindred spirit. The Lord says, I want you heart, your hearts to bind. I want, I want there to be a bond between you and this person. But bear in mind, here's the downside. I'm going to let you down. He's going to let you down. She's going to let you down. Maybe not intentionally, but that's part of the flesh nature we're going to disappoint you. But here's the good news. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a sister. And I pray that each and every one of you have had, are having, and will continue to have that kind of experience. I pray that, that you would. So if the Lord says, I, don't question don't question, why has he given you such a heart for this person? Don't question it. Yeah, be it. A couple more verses that I'm just going to read here, and uh, we're going to close. And these are verses that, uh, just for encouragement, 
The first one is a little lengthy, but just bear with with us. It's Second uh, Peter one one through thirteen. Just for words of encouragement. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, be grace and peace, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who call us by glory and virtue glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. His promises are always, 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 yea and amen. We can count on it, absolutely. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust. I just want to clarify before we go any further. That word, don't limit yourself to thinking what that really means. For some, some of us here tonight, we may hear that word and think sexual lust. It goes well beyond that, my friends. Well beyond that. And back to Genesis. It can be so many things. It can border on covetousness. I lust after objects. I lust after things. I lust after stuff. So all I'm saying to you is just don't limit yourself to thinking that this is of a sexual nature. Lust can encompass so many things. And I want the reason I'm, I, I want to, the Holy Spirit is, is, causing me to go here is because we don't consider it lust if it's, I don't know. Let me put it this way. What occupies your mind 75% of the time? 75% of the time, this is what you're thinking about. That could possibly be lust for you. I don't know. Uh, you know, we're looking at great number of people here, and I'm sure it's like, well, you know, everywhere. Uh, I collect Barbie dolls, you know. Okay, <laughs> that could be a lustful thing. I've got eight cars in the driveway. That could be lust. My television is on 23 hours and 30 minutes a day. That could be a lust. Yeah, I like a good prime rib, you know, three or four times a week. <laughs> Just saying, folks. It's, don't limit yourself to thinking it's sexual. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be uh, neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 9, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was clean from his old sins. How do you forget that you were cleansed from your old sins. You go back to that old nature. You go back to that old woman, that old man that you were. Don't you remember why you choose to get away from that? It wasn't good. There was a good reason that you chose to say, Lord, take my life. I'm trying to clean up my act, but I can't. Lord, take me. Let me allow me to lay my burdens at your feet. He will. He'll take it. He will. So if we're cleansed from our old sins, let's not turn back. How do you taste and see 
that he is good and then go right back to where you were? How do you do that? Lord, I've tasted and seen that you were good, but I'm thinking there might be something better. You're going back to where you came from, Mrs. Lott. Why? Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Know and be known. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an interest will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Twelve, for this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this this, uh, tent to stir you up by reminding you. And I, I, I echo Paul. I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. Trust in him. Give your heart to him. Tomorrow may be too late. Two verses and then we're done. Uh, first one is Romans fifteen seven. It says, therefore, therefore, Hmm. what is that therefore, therefore? That therefore means, listen to what I've said already. Meditate on it. Chew it. Meditate on it. Chew it some more. Not just reading, but studying it. Therefore, Receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That's New King James, and the New Living Translation says, Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Don't take credit for it. Well, I witnessed to a bus of people and everybody got saved. Please, stop. To God be the glory. Everything. In and of yourself, you can do nothing. Doesn't mean you're defeated. It just means that we are totally, if our hearts are right, we're totally dependent on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for everything. Are you in control of that next breath? No. Are you in control of everything that happens between here and home? No. Are you in control of anything? I hope the answer is no, because if you think so, you're going to get challenged. You are, you are challenging already, just the fact that you're saying no to that. In and of ourselves, we can do nothing. We are nothing. We can be nothing. But through God, all things are possible. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for uh, this opportunity to hear your word, Father. And as always, uh, we pray that it was rightly divided. If I've said even one word that discouraged my sister or my brother, Father, I pray that you would just eliminate it from our hearts, our minds right now. So, Lord, my desire is to serve you all the days of my life. Also, my desire is to know that my sisters and brothers know you, Father, and even more so that you know them. So I thank you for what you've allowed us to do here tonight. I thank you for my sister, for that sweet, sweet worship, and uh, I just thank you for the opportunity to share, share the words with the people that I love. So, Lord, we give praise and honor to you right now for all that you are in our lives, and we pray for more of you, Father. May you continue to increase as we continue to decrease, and then our hearts will be sold out to you, Father. Not for show, not as man-pleasers, but knowing that our hearts are devoted to our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So thank you for giving us an opportunity to get it right. 
And I pray for my sisters and brothers uh, for safe traveling mercies as we go out back to our homes. And I also pray, Father, that uh, you'll be with them and waiting for them at the door, Father, with open arms, welcoming them back home, giving them peace that surpasses all understanding. I know you got more for us than we could ever imagine, Father. So I pray that you would just continue to pour your Holy Spirit out on us, Father. And if it be your will that we would arise tomorrow morning, Father, and as we wake to find new mercies sprinkled on our pillows, thank you, Lord, for your heart. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for imputing boldness, patience, and the fruit of the Spirit in us, Father. May you have your way in our lives from this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.